He is risen, and that proclamation, that reality, is the one solid foundation for the hope that we ground our lives in. We are journeying together. We, the fellowship of the withered hand, we can't do it, but God can. The God who raised Jesus from the dead towards what Dallas Willard calls in his book, The Transformation of the Heart. And today we begin to look at how God wants to change our relationships with other people. So you might begin to think about those relationships now and what your longing is for. These words are so profound, I was very tempted to just read them without comment, but I will say a bit along the way. Dallas writes on page 179, Now we must find out what our relationships to others must be like if we are to be spiritually formed in Christ-likeness. And of course, that's the great pain in our world today is relational pain. And then this beautiful passage on what he calls circles of sufficiency. The natural condition of life for human beings is one of reciprocal rootedness in others. I was reading this weekend in Arthur Brooks' book, From Strength to Strength, that we sometimes think of trees as metaphors of individualism and solitariness, but actually with aspens, for example, they're a part of what's called a stand. They're connected organically with other aspens. One of those is so large in Utah, it's more than 100 acres large, and it weighs over 12 million pounds, and yet it is one stand of aspens. They don't stand alone. And then he says, he's thinking maybe he should use the metaphor of redwoods, but it turns out that a redwood, while it's separate when it's little, as it begins to grow, its roots intertwine with others and eventually join together so that the nourishment is connected. What they have, they have in common, these giant trees. And we are that way. What Dallas calls reciprocal rootedness is this deep spiritual reality that I draw life, energy, uh, emotional health from relationships of love with other people. He goes on. As firmness of footing is a condition of walking and secure movement, so assurance of others being for us, that's reciprocal rootedness is a condition of stable, healthy living. There are many ways this can be present in individual cases, but it must be there. If it is not, we are but walking wounded. Our life more or less a shambles until we die. When the required type of forness, and when you think about being for somebody, think of willing their good or wanting what is best for them or seeking to delight in them or maybe even being willing to sacrifice for them. We all have a very deep sense of when someone else is for me or is not for me or even against me. When the required type of forness is adequately present, human circles of sufficiency emerge. The most fundamental form is that of a mother and child. And then perhaps mother, child, and father. Just Molly and me and baby makes three, goes the old song. Then there are young lovers reciprocally absorbed, as well as mature mates. Of course, numerous forms of human association can take on some degree of the sufficiency, always with a distinctive character arising out of the precise nature 
of the relationships involved, friends, co-workers, teammates, and so on. These circles of sufficiency, natural and essential to the human condition and so profoundly beautiful to behold, are always illusory at the merely human level, and even the illusion is terribly fragile. To assure an anxious child, we may say, everything is okay now. And perhaps it is least true in those very situations where we feel the need to say it. Everything is never okay. Every human circle presupposes for its really being okay a larger context or circle that supports it. The mother and child, for example, presuppose the larger family that cares for and sustains them, making it possible for them to be absorbed in one another as they need to be ignoring all else. These larger circles also depend on yet larger circles, which, while ever less intimate, are still crucial to making the inner circles possible. That is just how human life is. The togetherness of the mother and child may be drastically affected by economic conditions on the other side of the earth, and we see these little circles disrupted and in many cases destroyed right now uh, as we look at what's going on, for example, in Ukraine. Ultimately, every human circle is doomed to dissolution if not caught up in the life of the only genuine self-sufficient circle of sufficiency, that of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. For that circle is the only one that is truly and totally self-sufficient. And all the broken circles must ultimately find their healing there, if anywhere. Our lives are dependent on our being reciprocally rooted in one another, finding people who by grace are for us and would create little circles of sufficiency. And although we're often tempted by idols like success or money, those are the circles that give us life. Nancy and I just got back from spending a couple of days with two couples, Kent and Kieran and Danny and Jenny, that we have known now for over 30 years. Danny and Kent and I were part of a small group three decades ago, and each person brings to it things that nobody else could. Danny is funny, and he can hardly say anything without making us laugh. And Kent is cool, so his job is to let us know when something is funny. If it's um, a bit genuinely funny, he'll go, heh, that's the syllable, A-G-E-H. And uh, if it's funnier, he'll go, two has, um, four half is uncontrollable laughter with Ken. <laughs> we just live to try to make him do that. And then we have a thousand memories together. Long time ago, we went golfing one time. We were starting on the 10th tee and the people in the clubhouse had sent us out there and some other guys came up and they were challenging our right to be there and doing it in kind of an obnoxious way. And so Danny, who's pretty tough, eventually said to them, do you want me to show you a signed permission slip? And then he teed, he teed his ball up and he went to swing. Danny's a great athlete. He played baseball and football in high school and soccer all the way through college. And his golf swing is fabulous to watch. He is so flexible that the club head comes almost all the way around to the other side of his face on his backswing. And this time, just to show them, he took maybe the biggest swing I have ever seen him take. This was going to launch a 300-yard drive with all of us watching this tough, tough guy and as the club had sped through the zone, it barely grazed the ball, which trickled off 
about 15 inches. And Kent went, <laughs> we have known each other now, uh, the three couples for so long through uh, uh, indescribable ups and downs, through the births of our children and the deaths of parents and great triumphs and great disasters. And no matter what happens, might be some wonderful things. Somebody might get a uh, an honor in an already quite prestigious profession that's one of the highest that you could get in the country, or somebody else be named to an organization, or somebody show a level of skill in working with under-resourced communities that is just extraordinary. But none of that makes any of us more embedded in that circle than we already were. We have known each other so long that those external things outwardly were fading away, don't really make any difference at all. That is a little picture of a circle of sufficiency. And yet we all bring to it, not just our joy and our desire and our love and our laughter, but also our brokenness and our inadequacies and our insufficiencies. And we wound each other, even in those places where we most don't want to be. We get clumsy. So Dallas writes, only when rooted in that divine Trinitarian circle do you understand at the core of reality in the center of the universe are not just quarks and strings. There is the great circle of sufficiency, God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Only when rooted in that divine Trinitarian circle can the broken individuals from the broken circles recover from the wounds received in their circles of origin and find wholeness on their long journey from the womb to the eternal city of God. So your invitation today is to be held in that reality, in the heart of God, in the Trinitarian fellowship, each moment of the day as you pause to think of your need for that, to be healed by being held in that circle, and then to offer that to other people. The wedding vows have a wonderful little phrase in them, but they're not just for husbands and wives. To have and to hold. To have and to hold. And to be had, wanted, desired, loved, possessed, and to be held. I was watching a lot of video. There's a doctor, Bob Hamilton, I think is his name, pediatrician. And he's sometimes called the baby whisperer because he's able to hold a little baby so well that they stop crying. 50 million views for this guy. And he talks about how his secret is he will wrap one little arm over the other and then hold that little baby so that it feels like it did when it was in the womb and then gently rock it. Oh, this is kind of familiar. And then hold it at a 45 degrees so that it's able to see wonder, beauty, and splendor. And, 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 and for a little moment in that baby's life, everything is okay. Your invitation today is to be held in the hand of the great physician. And then think about the circles of sufficiency that you have been a part of. The people in whom you have been and are today reciprocally rooted. And hold them. Ask God every time you think about it, when you look into the eyes of another person, God, would you allow me to hold this person in my heart, to send blessing to them, to encourage, to love to challenge whatever they need. We are the fellowship 
of the withered hand. See you next time.